Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is back and better than ever. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Our cup runneth over on this Wednesday. We've got crazy diets. We've got retired numbers. We have angry coaches. We have my MVP ballot. All that and a whole lot more. Let's do this. Here we go. Only one place to start. Well, the place to start is going to be with our Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, and the assembled members of the Hashtag crew are here. Hashtag Hembo, Hashtag Nuno, Hashtag Bubba, all present and accounted for Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. And I'm going to begin by defending someone who is getting a lot of criticism, and that someone is Aaron Rodgers. Now, let me make clear what I'm about to tell you and why I'm about to tell it to you. Aaron Rodgers is being criticized largely for being one who likes a lot of attention, that he easily could have made up his mind, and in fact, probably has made up his mind, about what he's going to do with his NFL future, and he is just enjoying all the attention that dragging it out is bringing him. Would you say, Nuno, let me start with Nuno, because you are the chief hater of the staff. (laughs) Would that describe the way you view Rodgers right now, that he is a person who is just causing, calling all the attention to himself like a moth and a flame? Oh, yeah. He's he's dragging this out and making it all about himself. Mm-hmm. And, and in some haterish way, I appreciate it. At least as a producer for a radio show, thank you, Aaron Rodgers. Correct. I mean, the fact that we in the media should be the last ones ever to criticize a person for saying and doing interesting things. Let's even put that aside for a moment, because I think most people get that part. But I'm going to use an analogy here to describe why I think it is impossible in the day and age in which we live to criticize Rodgers for wanting slash liking attention. Wanting slash liking attention is pretty much the currency of life in 2022. It is... To criticize anyone for it would be to criticize almost everyone for it. And for an example, I'm going to tell you about a person I've never met, a person I have zero connection to, I don't know, I don't anticipate I will ever meet. And that person is named Piers Morgan. Do you know who that is? He's a British commentator. And he had a talk show in America for a while. And, and, and I, was he on any of the American America's Got Talents? He was on the British one, I know. I've seen that one because the famous, uh, what, doesn't matter. He's a famous person. You probably know who I'm talking about. And he has gotten himself very much in the middle of a lot of the political discourse, which is so extraordinarily unpleasant, uh, not only in America, but on planet Earth in this day and age. Whatever. That's his life. It's not mine. So we're in a commercial break of Get Up this morning. And every now and again, I will open my phone and I will open Twitter and I will just check to see what's trending. And that's a habit that I've had at this point for a decade, as long as as Twitter has been around, because I want to make sure, even though at this point we have enough staff that someone would alert me, but there's still something in me that says, I better go check and make sure nothing big is going on in sports that I need to see. So if the trending, if any sports name is a trending topic, I know immediately, oh, I better see what's going on here. 
I come across the name Piers Morgan is trending. Again, what I'm about to say is not a value judgment on the reason he's trending. In fact, I don't even know why. But when I saw his name trending, my reaction was, well, he must have said something crazy because no one had spoken his name in two weeks. It's been at least two weeks since Piers Morgan got in the center of a big controversy, which is how he makes his living. That's how you are relevant in the day and age in which we live. That's part and parcel of what he does. So I'm not making a value judgment. And again, I didn't even read what he said. So whatever it is he said on Twitter that has everybody reacting to it, I'm not endorsing it or, 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 um, or denouncing it because I don't even know what it is. My point is, I know enough to know I don't even have to bother looking at it. Whatever it is he said, he said it because his stock and trade is making people pay attention to him, and he obviously feels it's been too long since anybody has. And the reason I say this is because I think it is a pretty good example of the world in which we live today and how seeking attention, whether it is on social media, whether it's on reality shows, whether it is young people who post literally everything they do on their Instagram story or on Snapchat and all of that, that's just kind of the world, the society that we live in today. And to criticize someone like Aaron Rodgers, who has the ability, because the stuff he's, there is real consequence to whatever decision he makes here. He has the ability to go on a big show like Pat McAfee's show, and people will hang, hang breathlessly on his every word. I mean, can you imagine how much bigger their live audience, they probably have this data over there, I don't know it off the top of my head, but whatever percentage of people normally watch McAfee live on his YouTube feed, can you imagine what multiple of that it must have been yesterday when he went on? I know I did. I was sitting in a, in a, in a restaurant having lunch, and I immediately clicked on the link. I need to hear what he has to say. So people are paying attention. They are following his every word. And I, I, for one, do not, I think there would be an element of hypocrisy in criticizing that piece of this. Now, are there other things that he's doing? Is he holding people up? You know, is he holding up the Packers? Is he holding up his teammates? All that, that's fair game. But I've heard a lot of people say, oh, Rogers just wants the attention. And to that, I say, tell him to get in line. That's the way the world is today. He's by far not the only one. Hembo, you, you buying what I'm selling or you have a, a rebuttal? No, I am buying what you're selling, but I think it has to work both ways. Like he's allowed to do all this stuff and we're thus allowed to parse his words. And if he chooses not to like that, tough luck. He's allowed to go on there and, and pontificate. And then we're allowed to decide if we're going to take what he said at face value or not. Like I personally have a very difficult time believing that Aaron Rodgers genuinely does not know how he wants to spend the next year of his life. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very difficult for me to see. Like This is a huge potential change that, that might be coming down the pike. I'll use Tom Brady as the example. His last year in New England, we had good reason to believe that would be his last year in New England for months leading up to right. the, the actual... Are you telling me that Aaron Rodgers is actually sitting, sitting at home right now saying to himself, eh, do I want to come back? Do I not want to come back? Do I want to retire, etc.? It seems very unlikely to me. And so long as he's going to you know, sort of keep putting himself out there in this way, we have the ability and the right to judge him for it. Well, but let me take the other side of that. Here on Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance, you could save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. If you had some really important information... And by important, I mean something you knew everyone was going to want to know. Everyone was going to pay attention to. Would you tell the world immediately? 
Or would you have a moment of fun and bask in the attention? Just sit back and enjoy the enjoy all of this. Enjoy the breathless nature of dopes like me. You know, you put on, oh, look at that idiot Greenberg. He's sitting, he's still sitting up there talking about me every single day. And just enjoy it. I think there's an element of that that a lot of people would do. Do I think he knows what he's doing? Hell yes. I think he knew a year ago what he was going to do right now. And he owes it to some people to make that decision public as quickly as as quickly as he can because it will impact other people's ability to do their jobs. But he doesn't owe it to the public. And I, I don't think he's by any means the only person who would do it this I, way. No, I agree with you. He's, he's merely playing the game. All that I'm saying is if you're going to play the game, it has to be played both ways. You're not allowed then to complain about how people in the media twist your words and stuff like that, which he's done often as well. Yeah, but, but that's also part of the game. Mm-hmm. Like complaining about the way the media treats, uh, twists your words is also part mm-hmm. of the nonsense that we're involved in here. I mean, he's treating Maybe I respect it because he's treating it like a talk show host. You know, he's got the greeny tees down to a, oh, I'm going on McAfee. You never know what I might say today. And then you got to pay attention the next time he's there or anywhere. I don't know how he's going to let the world know about this. Bubba, what do you think of it? Are you buying what I'm selling that to criticize Aaron Rodgers for making this all about himself and attracting a great deal of attention to himself is actually missing the forest for the trees because it's what everybody does today? No, I think I think you make a lot, uh, good point there. It makes a lot of sense. I'm, and I'm with you. I think... Uh no, I, I think it just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think, you know, why? because Aaron, I think he knows what he's doing, but at the same time, you know, just just let him let him live his life and uh, go on, Mac, if you have a great time, we'll all be li- listening and waiting to see what he says, but I think you make a good point, and I'm with you. You weren't listening, were you? You were in the middle of doing something else. Bubba just sort of talked around that. So that, that entire monologue I just did, you weren't actually paying attention to. I, can just, I could just sort of tell. You can, you can tell us. Is, that, is, that, is my accusation accurate? I got the gist of it. <laughs> He wasn't paying attention. He's like, oh, yeah, I think you're right, but I think you're wrong at the same time. Uh, he was talking. He was saying, I don't know, one way or another. Yeah, Greeny, I think you're right. <laughs> By the way, is that Bridget sitting next to you? Yeah. Uh, so, so, I thought so. <laughs> hilariously, there's a woman who works with us every single day. Her name is Bridget Pamboris, and she uh, does IT, right? She does the computer stuff. And then, and then all of a sudden, she's always here. She's at the seaport. Bubba yeah, and well, Nuno, sick of you. they work in Bristol, Connecticut. And I'm just looking. The camera shot of Bubba is over his shoulder, and it's Bridget sitting next to him. And Bridget, we really needed you today. Greeny had a major computer issue. you got to hear morning. what happened today. <laughs> right, you know what? Because actually, you know what? I'm going to pull a Rogers. I'm going to tease this. I am telling you right now, <laughs> you will not believe what happened to my computer today. You will not believe why I had difficulty. So Bridget will know. That whenever I have a, her desk is right outside my office. So you can ask Bridget, when Greeny has a problem with his computer, what do I do? I just yell the word Bridget as loud as I can, right? I yell, Bridget! And she comes in and she just fixes whatever is going on. Well, today I yelled Bridget and nothing happened. Now I know why. But in a moment, I will tell you why I needed Bridget so badly today and how something happened to my computer that is inexplicable and I think can only be described as sabotage. We'll have that and much more as we continue. Just getting started. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. 
superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. All right, so there's something I just want you to know. I want to give you a little insight into how we go about putting this show together. First, we get Nuno. Nuno goes in the, the Google Doc and he puts a million stories in there and inserts his own opinion. Then Bubba usually goes in and adds like one and makes sure everyone knows it was from Bubba. <laughs> he will put Bubba in parentheses. Well, yeah, because we've established that's what we should be doing. Okay, fair enough. Well, you've established that's what you should be doing. I don't know that the rest of us necessarily agreed, but I one way or the other. I put two good ones today, though. We take all that, I take all that information into account. Then I go into the office after we wrap up our get-up meeting in the morning. Hembo and I go into my office, and we put a rundown in. We just take the stories that we're going to do. We put them in order. And frequently... I will have a computer problem of some sort because I'm 54 years old and almost anything can go wrong with a computer and I can't deal with it. And there is a woman named Bridget who sits right outside our office who is our, who is our, an IT person here. She does the IT work for us. And so, Hembo, you can do your imitation of me. Whenever anything goes wrong with the computer, what do I do? Bridget! <laughs> I, just Bridget! Yell, I just yell Bridget. Bridget! Bridget! <laughs> I also tend to smash the com- – I, I, I get very mad. I take it out on the keyboard. She gets <laughs> mad at me, and, and she once, in fact, said to me, if you break the keyboard, Greeny, I'm not getting you a new one <laughs> because I, it, has, it has occurred to me that, like, I can't, I, in my frustration, I just pound the keyboard. But one way or another, you tell me today if this was my fault. So I'm typing. I'm putting in my notes. I'm writing in my stuff. I'm writing my teases, all the work that I do. And it happens once. Then it happens again. When it happens a third time, I realize something is really wrong here. Every time I try and type an apostrophe, it comes up as a tilde. Now, you may not even know what a tilde is. A tilde is that, a tilde is that little squiggly line that they use in, uh, in Spanish, at least in my knowledge, to make an N sound like a ña. So if you've ever heard the word niño, which is a the Spanish word, and I, again, I speak Spanish, a niño is a boy in, in Spanish, and it's spelled N-I-N-O, but the second N has what's called a tilde over it. 
uh, because it, it changes the pronunciation. There's not a lot of use for this in my daily work, and it certainly shouldn't have replaced the apostrophe on my screen. Bear in mind, this is not on my phone. This is on my work computer. On I go. I'm going to power through this. Hembo actually says, is this worth stopping our work to try and fix? And I said, no, it's probably not. Then I tried to type in a question mark, and it turned into a colon. I typed question mark, and it comes up with the two little dots. So I yell, Bridget. Nothing. Bridget. Nothing. Turns out Bridget is up in, in Bristol doing me no good today. Then, so Bridget's counterpart is a guy named Taylor. Taylor is our other IT guy. He comes walking and I say, Hembo, go find Taylor. So Hembo goes out, and I hear Taylor walking towards us, and he goes, oh, I know what's going on. Without even, without, all Hembo has said is the word tilde, and, 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 and Taylor goes, I know exactly what's going on. And he walks in, he clicks one button, and he fixes it. And I said, why, what is going on? He said, the computer was switched to Portuguese. <laughs> I swear on my kids' lives, this is what happened today. Am I making any of this up? No, not at all. He says, very matter-of-factly, the computer was switched to Portuguese. Now I ask you, who the hell did that? Who switched my computer to Portuguese? Bridget is sitting right there. Bridget, if I'm not mistaken, Bridget, your family is Greek, right? So uh, there's no reason you would have switched this to Portuguese. But wait a minute. Look over your right shoulder, Bridget. There's someone I'm accusing openly of this right now. And his name is Nuno Teixeira. Nuno. If there's one person I know who speaks Portuguese, who might that be? That would be me. So you are the immediate suspect here. Why did you change my computer to where I'm no longer typing in the English language, unbeknownst to me? I am now typing in Portuguese, (laughs) and it is updating my apostrophe to a tilde and my question mark to a colon. Why is this happening? You have to ask yourself, do you think I'm smart enough to remote in and do that? And that, the answer is no. So it's not me. Maybe you banged the, the keyboard too hard and changed it on changed it yourself. Portuguese? <laughs> yeah, like, because it knows that you, you love Portuguese people. Or you is at least that even an them. option? I mean, like, I get it if it's Spanish. And I speak Spanish. Could I, Portuguese and Spanish are not as similar as you might think. Like, a lot of people think because they sound slightly alike that they are very... But they're not nearly as similar as you might think, which is to say... If I have a person speaking Portuguese to me, I generally don't understand what they're saying. And I can speak to you in Spanish all day long if you wanted to. So, Bridget, I need your explanation. It's convenient that Bridget happens to be sitting right next to Bubba. Why would my computer, how would my computer have been switched, Bridget, against my will and without my knowledge to Portuguese? Can she pull up a microphone? Do you have any understanding of how this can have happened? I'm, I'm going to have to think that you did, did this yourself, Greeny. I think this is some self-sabotage, mm. some slamming of the keyboard. Mm. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I, I really don't. I, I mean, I, I, unless you're telling me that slamming the keyboard has the ability in and of itself to switch the language from English to Portuguese, I'm telling you I didn't do this. Now, I, I leave here every single day around noon. And you've told me, Hembo, that a lot of people will come in and use the computer in my office if they want a little That's privacy, right. mm-hmm. which is fine. But we have to do I – need, I need video. I, need, I want to do a complete investigation of who came into my office between yesterday and today because someone did, and they came in, and whether it was a prank or otherwise, they switched my language to Portuguese. I do have a theory. What's the theory? 
So you've described many times all the things, all the jobs, all the places Bubba has lived, That's has true. worked. Yes. All the languages that he... Bubba lived speaks. for many years. People don't know this in Sao Paulo, in Brazil, mm. where obviously uh, Portuguese is right. the language. So Bubba, as, as smart as he is, knows that you'll immediately identify Nuno as the culprit here because he speaks Portuguese. But Bubba also speaks, uh, speaks Portuguese. Yes. Has access to your office. So you're suggesting that Bubba has framed Nuno... For this crime. Bubba is an active spy. To me, it makes a lot of sense <laughs> that Bubba could easily frame Nuno for this Bubba, crime. we are accusing you of this here. What is your reaction? Well, let's just say I was off for the last couple of days, and where I went is nobody's business. Were you back visiting friends and family in Brazil? Uh, were you down there in Rio, <laughs> Sao Paulo? I mean, maybe Brazil. Maybe I was in the seaport. Maybe making some adjustments. Who knows? <laughs> One way or another. I, we, we need to get to the bottom of this. Oh, this I mean, is- I want to know, Did when Taylor fixed it, did he just did you ask him what you do so you yeah. can get no for the future? I, I said like that would be helpful. I said, I said, how the hell did you know that? Like, how did you immediately walk in? When the second Hembo said the word tilde, he said, okay, I know what's going on. And he walks in one click, chick, 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 and it's done. And it's now, it's now. And I said, what? And he said, it was on Portuguese. He said that very matter-of-factly. Like, that's a normal thing for him to be telling me. Like, oh, yeah, Greeny, no problem. you got two shows to host today, and someone changed your computer to Portuguese. Or well, that, that's, that's a normal thing that might happen on a Wednesday at ESPN. No, it is not. I've been at ESPN 25 years. I've never heard of that. I didn't even know that could happen. Like, what is this, all of a sudden, like a GPS? You know, like your GPS, you can change it to other languages. You ever do that? That's fun, by the way. Of course. So I like having them talk to me with the Australian accent. Like, I can still understand what they're saying, but it's kind of fun. Like, when they tell you to make a left in Australian, it's a lot better than when the American <laughs> guy does it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Of course. I, I, when you call IT, they ask you two things. Have you turned it on and turned it back off? Like that's, right. And the second is... Did you switch it to Portuguese? Did you switch this is it? just part of the curriculum. Did you switch it to Portuguese? Yes. And we now have Portuguese writing on our computer screen. This is very good. I like it. Whoever does our graphics on this show, I like very much. We're going to get to the bottom of this <laughs> at some point here. Hey, all right. Tune into the ESPN Daily Podcast, which brings you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters. It's presented by Supercuts. You can download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily. It's available wherever you enjoy your podcast. All right. Next order of business. I'm ready to go right now. Green light, green light with Greeny. We've told you this is a monumental week for Major League Baseball as they are uh, having the two sides are meeting. Uh, first day, I think they met for 15 minutes. Did I see they met for longer than that yesterday? Did this actually take a couple hours? A couple hours yesterday. And did they get anywhere? They got nowhere. 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 In fact, yesterday, based on all of, all of what we read yesterday night was, this might as well not have happened. If anything, like we lost ground. Yesterday, which is, of course, not a big deal because we have <coughs> five days before their self-imposed deadline. What they're arguing about right now is just minutia. So, like, anything that you read in a news article, the average fan is not interested in at all. Like, the big economic stuff that they're sort of at odds over hasn't even come up yet, and we're already at a Wednesday afternoon. And I don't think most fans are worried about that. But what you have told us is that the stuff the fans are interested in, because I don't give a damn, and neither should you, how they divide up their billions— <laughs> I give as much as, you know, that's, that's, at the end of the day, that's not my problem. They're not worried about my financial situation. I'm not going to worry about theirs. 
But the part of this that fans are interested in is have they gotten to any game issues? Have they have they had any conversations about pitch clock, about robotic umpires, about universal designated hitter, about changing the structure of the postseason, the regular season, any of those kinds of things? The only thing that we've had happen so far is sort of a, an agreement that we're going to have the universal DH. They're going to have the designated hitter in both leagues. But that, frankly, is something that both sides have vested interest in having because it will improve the game in some sense and it will add jobs to the National League. So we've gotten that done, but that wasn't really a point of much Does it improve the game? I, I, you said that very quickly. You sort of glossed over that the way Taylor did when he told me my computer was in Portuguese. <laughs> you said it as though it was something everyone should be expecting you to say. Mm-hmm. I believe, and maybe this is a function of my age, I believe there are lifelong National League fans. Now, that being an American League or National League fan, I think, is less a thing than it ever was. Is that even was that ever a thing in your lifetime? No, because they started interleague in 1997. I was a kid at the time. I don't okay. know a world in which that mattered. That was a thing. The, the All Star Game mattered because people actually rooted for the league their team was in. You were an American League fan or a National League fan. And, and bear in mind, if you're young enough that you don't remember this, I will remind people or let them know. In those days, there were only two occasions the American League played the National League: the All Star Game and the World Series. That was it. So that mattered for that reason, because you actually cared about your league. And that extended well into the period of time in which they had the DH. When did the DH come in? It was in my, I, I, was before my recollection. As long as I can remember, there was a designated hitter. I remember uh, Don Baylor was the designated hitter, scared you to death. 73. 73. So that's my whole lifetime. I was five years old uh, in the 73 season. So, so the point I'm trying to make here is that is it as simple as saying, oh, yeah, Putting the designated hitter in the National League is a no-brainer, and it makes the game better. In your opinion, is it that simple? No, I'm a National League fan. I grew up rooting for the Phillies, but I'm in the minority. I've talked to a lot of fans about this. It doesn't make any sense to keep the DH in the American League and not have it in the National League, so long as you're playing interleague games literally every day. If there's not going to be a fundamental separation between the leagues— they might as well play by the same rules. You add some jobs to the National League, and I think in five years from now, no one will even remember that pitchers ever hit. That's fair. That's fair. But it doesn't actually answer my original question, hmm. which is, is the game better with or without a designated hitter? I understand what you're saying. You are correct that in a world in which we are playing interleague games literally every day, it has long since ceased to make sense to have separate sets of rules for the two leagues. It was kind of intriguing previously. And if interleague play was a, an every once in a while kind of thing, but it isn't anymore. So I get that they're going to change it, and I understand why. But would you rather, as a baseball fan, watch a game with or without a designated hitter? Hembo. Without. I much prefer the National League game because I like the strategy. I like the double switching. I like the machinations that you know, the manager is required to use. But I think we're past the point where fans care about that stuff. The average fan, I mean. I mean maybe people much older than me still do that grew up loving the National League. But it's not obvious to me that allowing pitchers to hit. People aren't going to the stadium to watch pitchers hit. Right. And that's the most common argument against it. Nuno, is the game better or worse with a designated hit? Would you rather watch a game with or without the DH? It's better. Uh, I, there's too many bums already in the lineup and, and like, <laughs> automatic outs. Like, no, just just put up – let me see guys who actually know what the heck they're doing, unless you're a Mets pitcher, right, Bubba? Bubba, DH, yes or no? Uh, no, I'm with Hembo here. I definitely prefer the old NL way, and I, I like the strategy and all that comes with it. Now, I do think part of it, it kind of goes both ways as a Mets fan. I, I, ironically, it's kind of what injures DeGrom, but for the longest time, the Mets have had pretty solid pitchers. So 
were not necessarily used as the automatic outs, whether it was DeGrom, Harvey, Syndergaard, Mats. All those guys were, were pretty good. So Good hitters, to make to, to be clear yeah, on your point. They, they could yeah, all hit. I mean, they would hit home runs. They would, I mean, they, so they would be they would be pretty good. But no, I, I per, but I think I'm in the vast minority with Hembo. I would prefer, and, and watching all the Mets games, I definitely enjoy seeing the double switches, the strategy, all the different stuff. And if, if a pitcher has to hit and he doesn't, he strikes out, doesn't, doesn't really bother me. I, yeah. I'm fine with it. Now, granted, that caused what a lot of people think DeGrom to basically only pitch half the season. So that is frustrating. And I get that part for sure. But, but he, here's what I would say that what we are talking about is a game that doesn't exist anymore. The best thing about, the, about not having the DH in the National League was that, just name me a great pitcher. Oh, let's use Jacob DeGrom. Well, he's a bad example because he's an excellent hitter. Give me a, a hitter. Give me a pitcher who cannot hit at all, who is a guaranteed out, who's a good pitcher in the National League. That uh, doesn't Cor- matter. Corbin Burns. Corbin Won the Cy Young last year. Okay, Corbin Burns is, and, and there was a moment in time mm-hmm. in baseball. No, let me rephrase that. There was 125 years <laughs> in baseball where it's the seventh inning, of a 1-1 game, you got two outs, you got two runners on, and you got the pitcher spot coming up. Corbin Burns is coming out. And the manager has to make an agonizing decision. He is dealing. Am I taking out my starter in order to try and drive in the winning run here, or am I leaving him out there knowing that my chances of driving this run in here are almost zero? For the history of the sport, for as long as baseball was played, that moment is the essence of baseball strategy. That was the decision. Managers would get hired. Well, they'd get fired based on getting that one wrong too often. And seeing the starting pitcher slamming his right right when they call him back from the on-deck circle and he's all mad because he doesn't want to come out of the game. That's what baseball was. But now, that pitcher's not out there anymore anyway. So that decision getting made in the seventh inning is irrelevant because the starting pitcher isn't pitching anymore. So it has taken all of that intrigue away. So that decision is no longer compelling. You might as well put the DH in both leagues. That's my vote. Corbin Burns won the Cy Young last year. How many starts do you think that he went out there in the seventh inning? How many starts did he make last year in which he got people out in the seventh inning? That is such a good question. Okay, so let's say he made 28 total, 28 starts total. Only started 28 games. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to say in which he, he, he recorded at least one out in the seventh inning. Mm-hmm. Out of 28, four? Four. I got that exactly, exactly right. Exactly right. Holy smoke. He threw a total of 64 pitches the entire season after the seventh inning. Wow. Well, but it's, and, and so, A, I'm a genius. And, B, <laughs> it, it further illustrates my point that that one element of strategy, which was vital critical, crucial to baseball, and one of the reasons that people loved it, no longer exists. So I'm all for the DH now. Put the DH in there because you're right. You're not going to see this guy, whoever it is that he's hitting for, whatever pitcher it was, wasn't going to bat anyway. So to me, there's, there's nothing anymore that is compelling about all of that. All right, coming up, one of my favorite people delivered an impassioned plea on behalf of something I'm just not sure I believe it's possible anymore, and it makes me sad to say that, and you're going to hear it. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. If you listened to Mike and Mike over the years, you know that one of our favorite people, one of our regular guests amongst, you know, really big name people in sports over many, many years, and someone I consider to be a a pretty good friend is Tom Izzo, the Hall of Fame basketball coach at Michigan State. And he and I, Tom and I have had many arguments about the way the world is changing and the impact that is having on sports, particularly in the area of social media. He is, and I understand and respect where he's coming from. What he will tell you is my players are looking at all of this stuff that is being said to them on Twitter and people are saying horrible things and it is, it's, it's, just, it's just a disgrace, the stuff that is being said to my kids on Twitter, his players. And I keep saying to him in response, I get it. That's true. The key here is stop looking at it. Like the mentions button, the, um, the, the ability, you, have the, you are making a conscious decision whether to look at those mentions or not and if you don't then the result is basically the same as if it never happened at all and what Tom will say is that's not the way college-age kids are wired today and I get it he's right Tom and I've had this this argument and many others and it comes from a place of total respect I, I I respect him as much as I respect anybody no one's heart is in the right place more than he is whether I think he's right or wrong on any issue So someone brought up to him the idea that in the wake of what happened with Juwan Howard and Greg Gard and that whole mess, that they should do away with the handshake line, that maybe we don't need to have that anymore. And that came up to Tom. (laughs) And when I when I heard the question, I ducked. (laughs) 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 I ducked before he started answering it. And his response did not disappoint. There are suggestions, silly as they may be, that we should do away with the handshake line now. Oh, my God. Have you heard that? Oh, my God, I have. And I do got to comment on that since that's not insulting to anybody. That, to me, would be the biggest farce, joke, ridiculous nature of anything I've ever heard of. We've already taught these poor 18-year-olds that when, when... you know, you're told to go to class and you don't like it, you can leave. We've already told these kids, if you're not happy, you can do something else. We've already told these kids that it's hard to hold them accountable. And now we're going to tell them to not man up and walk down a line on someone who's kicked your butt and have enough class to shake their hand is utterly ridiculous. So if the president said it, I think he's full of it. If the best coach in America said it, I think that gets me way more than this incident because we're already teaching these kids nothing. And then we're going to do something like that. So there's Tom. And again, not disappointing with his frustration. And I kind of agree and kind of disagree. And that's what I mean when I say, I think we're talking about a, a world in which the horse is already way out of the barn on this. So now let me answer the immediate question, which is up on the screen. Should we do away with the handshake line? My answer is I don't think it makes any difference one way or the other. The handshake line is just at this point a formality. 
I heard Jeff Van Gundy say it on a podcast. I'm not going to take the time to play it. But he was like, that's not real sportsmanship. Walking down that line and just shaking everyone's hand. I mean, my son played in these in these AAUs forever. And you walk down the line, you just, good game, good game, good game, good game, good game, good game. And then, and then we're going to go get, you know, when they're little, go get orange slices. And then on the way up the road. That's not really sportsmanship, right? Coming over to someone that you played against and having a real genuine moment with them. That's much more sportsmanship. The way you actually conduct yourself while the game is being played is sportsmanship. The, the, the exercise of shaking hands afterwards, the way they do it, it's fine with me if they, I certainly, I don't see any reason to get rid of it because this happened, but I don't think it's critical. But I think what Tom is talking about is a bigger issue here, which is that just the entire scope of collegiate athletics, the understanding of what it means, what it stands for, what the coaches are there to imbue in the players. I hate to say it. It breaks my heart to say it, but I think it's kind of a dated idea. Like what Tom is saying is right. We probably are better off as a society if the coaches are approaching this the way he does, but I don't, you can't coach someone who will not be coached. You cannot teach someone who refuses to learn. You cannot treat someone in a way that they will not allow you to treat them. And I just think the world in which we live today, that's just not realistic. And that is not unique to sports. It makes me sad to say it, but I think that's where we are. So again, whether we do the handshake or not, I think is is secondary at maximum. But what Tom is really talking about is something that I fear we have lost and are never going to get back again. Does that make sense? It makes sense. I will say this, just as someone who played Division II college baseball, I was in that 99% that went pro in something other than sports, obviously. And the student-athlete experience did mean something to me. And the coaching I received did mean something to me. So there are certain people for whom it means nothing. But there are a lot of people like me who are not super famous and don't get to play in these leagues and make millions of dollars um, for whom it did mean a lot. And so I can... I'm somewhat sympathetic to Tom Izzo's perspective because I live that in some way. No, I agree with you. But 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 what he's saying is that it used to be you had no choice but to be coached. And now you made the choice. You made the decision to allow yourself to be coached. That power dynamic is the opposite of what it historically has been. There's more to talk about here. We will. We're rolling on, on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.